You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show. everybody welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast episode 125 this is april 22nd 2019 i'm your host mark allred welcome back our uh longtime host court Lalonde and rob tomlin welcome back guys thanks for having us back always yeah. always when it comes to bruins hockey i always gotta go to my two favorite people <laughs> little, kiss weird. Ass, little kiss ass there but whatever <laughs> But, um, I mean, honestly, when it's rational hockey, I'd rather talk to you guys than anybody else in Bruins Nation, to be honest. But um, it's the playoffs, and we are in the thick of a huge freaking series against the Toronto Maple Leafs right now between the Boston Bruins. And it's and we talked about it off here before Rob came on, that a quote was saying that the schedule, just look at the schedule, it's a, it's a Toronto win. A Bruins win, Toronto win, Bruins win, Toronto win, Bruins win. Come down to game seven, probably counts as a little too high. That's my Amesbury math. But we head down to game seven, boys. Um, w- thoughts, concerns? Is it? Uh, there's always concerns of the game seven. I mean, I thought it was going to go down to seven games, and I couldn't pick whether it's the Bruins or the Leafs going through because, to be honest, it's. It's been 50-50, exactly like you said. Like, Bruins win, Leafs win, Bruins win, Leafs win. Like, it's... This, to me, is the best series of the opening round for the playoffs, by far. I think it's been the most chippy and the most talked-about series as well. Other than, obviously, like, Columbus and uh, Tampa. But, still, it's, it's just been crazy, and... It's an aggressive game as well. It's not just guys playing hockey. It's two teams that hate each other as well. Yeah, to me, it's it's been weird. Like I, I said to you before we started this, Mark, I it's the first time in a long time where I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I felt great about the win last night, but it was almost like too little too late that they woke up. I know it sounds terrible, but it kind of feels like they took too long to get back in the the swing of things for some reason. I'm a little like my, my one caveat is um, Corral. Corral is just 
he's been phenomenal since he come back. Well, he wasn't the best in the first game. I shouldn't say phenomenal, but uh, he seemed to be one of the difference makers last game to me. Um, I, I think Krejci's had an extremely good playoff, probably the team MVP right now. If we're going to go by, say, you know, this is the, the one and done, they win the game. He's the MVP of the series for sure. Um, and Tuka's played well. I know uh, it, it, it hurts the, uh, the, the boo-hoo Tuka crew. Well, I, I don't even like some, he had a terrible playoff last year. I said it earlier today. He had a terrible playoff last year. He's had a phenomenal playoff this year for what we need of him. Uh, he's made the saves that he needs to make. Um, he's made those timely saves. It's just been a weird series. It's not like last year where I felt so confident. I was going into game seven. I'm like, ah, we're going to win no matter what. Yeah. I'm, I, the up and down emotional roller coaster of this series is taking a toll on me. Um, and, and, but it's, that's the exciting part of this playoff series and this, and this, this new rivalry, which I'm, I'm absolutely loving uh, everybody talking about. But um, this, it's got to, oh, this is the hot, we have a whole list of uh, agendas items to uh, touch on but one of them is the officiating the officiating has definitely got to get better in the playoffs it's, it's yeah. absolutely crazy um like you you saw last night bruce uh cassie just throw up basically a fit and i think he had every right to with that puck that went over the glass and landed in the bench <coughs> i mean that's kind of i mean that's pretty obvious to me yeah um it is um but also, the refs don't like being pointed out that they're wrong. So, they've said it before in a lot of series. Like, if you point out to the referee that they've done something wrong, they're probably just going to ignore you anyway. So, I mean, it is what it is. Until you make penalties reviewable, like they do with goals now, with a coach's review, I don't think anything will happen with that. And when that happens, the game will just slow down to a crawl. Yeah, I hope the hell they never do penalty reviews. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, it that's... sucked. It sucked. Let's let's be honest. The puck, the puck went into the bench. I get where Bruce is coming from, but if you look at the replay, it went over the glass into the bench. So technically, the path, the right yeah, of path, the path was yeah. going in the stands. So technically, okay. yeah, technically, technically, it wasn't a bad call. As as Bruce, I think Bruce said after one of the uh, one of the games, he thought the officiating hadn't been that bad. Until, you know, as bad as everybody's made it out to be. I, I hate using officiating as a scapegoat because the, the, the Leaf fans right now, that's all you hear. Like Steve Dangle, oh, officiating, officiating. He's done very well. I don't know if people of our show uh, listen or watch his stuff on YouTube. Um, he's been very impartial yeah. and even staying on certain things that, you know, come on, people, you guys get mad when technically we're Kadri's in the wrong, so on and so forth. But even he brought up officiating, and I was like, you know what? It isn't that bad. This is playoff hockey. Maybe we all forgot what playoffs are about. Um, you know, he, he said, oh, the refs pulled, t- took away the whistles in the third period. And so they should. I don't know. That's just to me. That's what playoff hockey is. I know people should just get used to it by now. Um, you know? It's a one-goal game, and it makes it even better when guys aren't getting called for penalties and everyone's playing five on five. I, I 100% agree. The referee, the last thing they want to do, I was talking to my wife about it, they want to be the last thing they want is to be the reason that the tides change in a game. You know, they think about it. The Bruins were getting outplayed in the third period, even though they outshot them. There was a good six minutes there where the Leafs were all over them. It was like the only six minutes the Leafs were over the Bruins in the whole game. But 
in those six minutes, imagine, just imagine, because there was a lot of clutching and grabbing going on by Boston. Imagine some stupid penalty gets called. Yeah. Because I understand, I understand the Norse from, yeah, well, think about it. Chara did, you know, he left his feet. Technically, it should have been a penalty. Followed through on his head as well, so making the point of contact the head. Exactly. And Nordstrom, yes, he got slew-footed, but his stick did come up after, but it was from the whole incident. But you know what? They didn't score on the power play. These things are going to happen. It happens every year. happens every time we watch hockey that every now and then a penalty is going to get called, and you're going to be like, ah, come on. But you know what? Other ones are going to go the Bruins' favor. So my problem was the Charlie Coyle getting a penalty for tripping when – I mean, Brandon Collar has fallen over like 7,000 times with stick contact. And that never gets called. But Frederick Gauthier, he's, he's six foot four. He's, he's a, a big, big boy. Big guy. Yeah. He gets tapped on the shin pad and down. Yep. That, well, that was, for me, was bad. The but Leafs the are a bunch of crybabies. Kind of, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The rest of it, I, kind of, I kind of sat back a minute. I got frustrated at first with the calls. And then I sat back a minute and went, well, I can see why from that angle the ref might not have seen that or the have <coughs> seen this. Like the slew foot, the referee is along the boards. He doesn't see Dermot's like, front leg make contact. He only sees his head tip back. There's another pair of eyes out in that ice too, Rob. Yeah. And yeah they're supposed to be behind the play. call like that from like center ice. Right. No, I get you. So... The, the nearest referee was in line with them on the boards. So it's difficult to make those calls. It's also difficult to see, especially when the point of contact with Chara's hit was the follow-through that was bad, not the original hit. Because it was shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder originally. It's the fact that he drove his elbow. Yeah, he still left his feet. He's six foot nine. You know, he left his feet. Yeah. It's kind of like, ah. <laughs> We had that with Passamak got called for it the other game. No, I understand, but like I always yeah. say, two wrongs don't make a right. I hate, I just hate complaining about refereeing because it just to me, it's you know what? If we're complaining about refereeing, it means it's a tight hockey game, and we're getting frustrated because the team isn't doing well, and they haven't. Like Brad Marchand, I think it's what was the the stat they threw out during the game? He's they're nineteen and one when he scores in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let him score every game. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't one more, one more on the officiating. Is Don Cherry right about the Slewfoots? Because yes. he kind of went off. He actually well, went off on the Leafs every period. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just a fan of the Bruins, isn't he? Um, he really is. Yeah, yeah. The, the Slewfoots. The thing is, it's so dangerous. Like you take a key player out, like Patrice Bergeron, and when it's when it's a Slewfoot, especially with the like the thing that's going to get injured is either your ankle or your knee. Yeah, or your head. And, well, but... Yeah, but if Bergeron goes out with an ACL tear and the penalty is not called and it's a slew foot, like the Bruins fans are going to go find Pitch, whoever that player is. Pitch forking. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Look, McAvoy did it too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the Bruins got frustrated with it after like game two and just started doing it back to them. Okay, but we already we already got on. This is see, this is what I'm saying. We're 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 complaining about something that you know what? <clears throat> when the refs catch it, they'll catch it, and the refs watch the stuff after. It's just I hate complaining about the refs because think about yeah. it. We you just said the same thing that all the Leaf fans were saying about Kadri. He's like, well, he had to put the game in his own hands because no one was taking care of it. 
let the refs take care of it. And if not – On a clean hit? <laughs> that's, that kills the me. Gonna, the refs are going to call more penalties against the Leafs because they whine like a bunch of babies. Right, right. And the refs are getting tired of it. They're straight up getting tired of it. So, I don't know. Yeah. I know they didn't call a lot of theirs. There was – I can't remember who put the video out. I think that was the Don Cherry thing, weren't it, when he said, oh, they're all complaining. As soon as they hit yeah. the ice, they're complaining. Exactly. Yeah. And he said it's going to go against them. Shoulder to shoulder hit. And it's like, oh, no, come on. But, yeah, it, it's because that kind of game is turning into soccer. Like, if you play that style of game, that's more soccer style. Like, you get touched, you expect a penalty. Well, did you see right. the video that was circulating online about the, the soccer players where the one guy got touched, he was making fun of the other one, and then he fell down? That was the most <laughs> yeah. hilarious thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I was yeah, like, come on. National sport trip. Awesome. All right. Let's move on to the next topic away from the officiating. Um, it's the Bruins power play. Rob, let's start with you. This is one of your concerns. What's, um, good, bad, or indifferent? I, I think it's great. I mean, I really like Johansson on that power play. Like, his patience down low last game. I know he didn't make a whole lot happen, but him stick handling down by the line made every single Leafs player have to collapse into the slot. And that leaves Tory Krug, who's one of the most dangerous defensemen up top. He was wide open for a pass. And you got Marshand on the board, so you got that easy layup for Krug to one-time it. Um, I think the power plays got better, and I didn't think that was really possible other than stopping all the short-handed attempts. And they seem to have stopped that as well. They've they've not really allowed short-handed breakaways in the last few games, I don't think. Not since game one. Well, they had one in game two, I think, wasn't it, Kaepernick? In game yeah, two. but once again, we'll get to that. Tuka stood on his head again and is making the saves yeah. when he needs to. Uh, and last night, I think, they got a few breakaways, but it was when the guy was coming out of the box. Like, I think one of them, didn't John Tavares get a penalty and then come out the box and nearly get a breakaway. I, I believe Tavares nearly had a breakaway. I think Kapanen had another one. Um, Tyler, was it Tyler Ennis? Yeah, Tyler Ennis had yeah. one. They had a couple, but yeah. we're, we're not even having the same conversation we had in the regular season where if there was a breakaway, we all thought the same thing. We're like, all right, well, they're scoring because Duke is letting that one in. Right. Yeah. Not very good at the um, breakaway goals at all. No, but he's been he's been good in the playoffs. Like, yeah, uh, the one thing I'll say is and, – the Bruins power play and the Leafs power play, if you look, the power plays are winning the games. So yeah. if the Bruins power play is clicking or the Leafs power play starts clicking in, in game seven, because the, they're the only reason they won that game one, I say, is the Leafs was their power play. It's funny how uh, the regular season we can't get a five on five goal, but in the playoffs, it's, you know, <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're never going to score five on five except <laughs> Coyle. Coyle's been fantastic five-on-five. Five. His yep. whole line, except, I don't know, I've seen comments about Marshmallow Johansson, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of see it. But then again, that, his type of play is never a fan of Boston Bruin fans. I don't know. I think – I was saying yesterday that I think they should re-sign him mm-hmm. because he's more of a playmaking-style player. And if you let Charlie Coyle roam like he has been – they're really effective together. And when they put Coleman on that line yesterday, like yeah. you have the, the two guys going into the corners in <clears throat> Coyle and Coleman, and you got Johansson just free to roam around, do what he wants. 
if yeah. touching on Rob touching on Johansson and, and a resign, I don't. I mean, a lot of money I, for a guy to play on the third line. I know, and I don't think he's going to want that. Um, you know, the hometown discount that he's only been here for a couple of months, but. I don't want to see him in a position that he plays on the right side because, to me, he does not look comfortable there at all. He, his game, it's, to me, is preferred on the left side. So yeah. when he goes up, and, when Pasternak goes back up and so on, and they do that, that shift, Pasternak to the front, and then they'll put um, Mojo up, up on the second line, right side, like deer in headlights. But Cassidy also is quick to change that up when he sees that it's not working out. So it's not a consistent thing all the way through. Yeah, we could find out that his great Aunt Edna is from Boston, though. So that could always be something. <laughs> oh, yeah. As soon as, as soon as they – he could just be like – he could have – do his genealogy and be like, actually, my family is originally from Boston. The whole family is like, all right, he's in. Track. He's my new favorite player. <laughs> yeah. Um He's got to yeah, stay here. In socks when he was two. Now... <laughs> but yeah, like the power play is, is, is being key. And if you think about it, what Bruce has been doing was moving them all around and like Pasta's playing on the second line, he's playing on the first line. Pasta pretty much plays on two lines right now. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. Yeah, he's been double shifting a lot as well. Which is wow. fine because Krejci, uh, like, uh, Mac Hellman wrote a nice little article saying the new number one line is that Krejci line because Krejci has been, damn, he's been good. Yeah, and Brandon Carlo have been like the two best players in the playoffs so far. Yeah, it's been his puck control is unreal when it comes to the playoffs. But every now and then he does some things where I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? He did like a little flick pass yesterday that yeah, I called him out. Right off. And then all of a sudden he got the puck back from the player that he gave it to, turned around and like went through three players, and I was like, okay, then. As long as you do that afterwards, it's fine. <laughs> One of the one of the worst things for me during this playoffs is is they they're so intense on transition out and get offensive numbers, and when they do, and it seems like they're gonna make a three on two rush, it's like they make this silly backhand that gets stolen, and then nobody comes back on the on the way, you know, on the back check, and it's just a three on two the opposite way. It's, it's like it's the extra pass. Like, come on. Jesus, like I know people were probably screaming at their TVs at Pasternak, but then when you see on the replay, he actually did go for the shot on on Anderson because I know I was screaming. But every now and then, they just make that extra pass to like shoot the fucking puck. Oops. Oh yeah, was it, was that was it like crazy. my first rare word of the year. Wow, <laughs> it took it a playoff at the end of the game where he was like alone in front and he tried passing it back door. Yep, and he almost gave a breakaway. Remember? Yeah. And just before that, you had the six minutes you were talking about in the third period where we were in our own end the entire time. And I think... I think the stats said that McAvoy didn't get off the ice. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And I think at one point you had McAvoy and Carlo out there because they had a wrong change. Because Chara went to the bench and Carlo got on. So you had Carlo McAvoy on the ice. And I was like, no, this is, this is not going to end well. I think Carlo cannot please, play the left-hand side. Please, sir, no. <laughs> yeah. I do McAvoy, not want another. <laughs> Charlie McAvoy does not stay in position whatsoever. So He's been playing well, though. Our defense is oh, – yeah. our goaltending and our defense, it's, it's funny. Char, who's been fantastic all year, I feel bad, but he's, he hasn't had a good playoff. They've been picking on him. They've been, they've been, every puck, they're, anytime they're forechecking in the zone, they're forechecking on Char, and they're, 
he's causing mistakes. They're catching him. Um, wow, it's just been weird. It's been like bizarre world. Carlo, obviously, he's come in to be that guy that we all knew he could be. Um, all wanted him to be, and he's been fantastic. But they're picking on Charlie. If you notice, every entry the Leafs are doing into our zone, they're going on Char's side. Yeah. And they're getting by him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, tap off the boards, go past him. Like, don't let him use his reach. That's the one thing they know. So they're just chipping it off the boards, going in deep. And Char's not – I don't think he plays that heavy game anymore. Like, he doesn't want to get hurt. So he's not going into the boards full pelt and smashing someone. He's – going to bear hug you for a while and that's about it um go ahead court no no, no. I, I said he's just he's played so well though yeah yeah um how about coaching uh these it seems to be every other game bruce cassidy seems to be the uh the guy that they want to tie up and tar and feather um it, it is any of these downfalls or decision making are all on the coach I mean, I know it's a player-coach thing. I get it. But um, there's, there's just a lot of people out there that are really questioning Bruce's theories behind the uh, bench. And, I mean, he's got us this far. So I'm completely thrilled with what he's done so far. But there's a lot of criticism. I'd like to hear what you guys think. The only problem I had was in game three, I think it was, that he kind of got a bit outcoached. Like – the Leafs were short-shifting lines to get their their matchups, what they wanted. And guys like Bergeron were staying out on the ice and playing against, like, line three instead of the men and me playing against line two. So that game was a bit frustrating. But every other game, I mean, you look at the Bruins, they've changed the lineup so much every game. Like, there's new guys in. We're scratching guys and putting guys in for situations. What have the Leafs done? Every line has stayed the same every game, other than the Kadri line, because he got suspended. Ooh. They're now at Game 7. Their coach hasn't done anything about it. The Bruins have come from being down to go to Game 7, and the coach has done everything about it. He's changed lineups. He's scrapped players. He's scratched a fan favorite in Chris Wagner. I think yeah. Wagner's hurt. I think Wagner's hurt. I really do. Yeah. I don't see you scratching that type of hockey player in a, in a series like this if he's not hurt. But it works but out. That's just my opinion. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because, I mean, you look at it last night and Coleman was – I think he had like six takeaways in the offensive zone. Like, the guy was just a bulldog in the corner, and that's what they needed at the time. And Wagner and maybe, has been that, was, but if he's that, not 100%. Was that bulldog a pun? He is a uh, Minnesota Duluth bulldog. Well, no, that's, just, that's happy coincidence. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and um, we might as well just segue right into uh, scratching Wagner and Bacchus. So let's touch on Bacchus. Where's his placement in this um, particular first-round playoff series against the Leafs? And what could he bring if he's involved in the lineup on in Game 7? Definitely the well, grit. I don't think he's coming back in this series. No? No. I... I think right now he has to be a voice in the locker room, talk to guys, like tell someone like, oh, I was watching and I saw you do this, but you should do it this way. Like at the end of each period, like be like, oh, you're trying to do this, but if you go this way, it might work out better for you. Like that's 
what they need from him. They need more of a mentor type of guy out of him right now. Because they're attacking guys like him. Like Court said, they're attacking Chara because they know it's an easier win than going after McAvoy. They're going to attack guys like Bacchus because they know they've got the speed to beat a guy like that. So... So stay away from the from the age veterans and go after the and uh, say, I'm sorry stay away from the youth and go after the age veterans that have lost a step, yeah. essentially. And both guys, I mean, David Backus has had health problems this year. Uh, Char has had health problems this year. A lot of the older guys have. Some of the younger guys have, but it's easier for them to play through it than an older guy. So, and you can see it with. Chara and Bacchus, they've struggled at times. You can't scratch Chara, though. Like, it's impossible. No. Well, you don't have anybody to put him in. You don't have anybody to put in. Well, I mean, Cassidy be, it would be in a dumpster outside if he tried telling him that he was scratched. So I think Chara would just pick him up and throw him out the door. <laughs> oh, that's so, very true. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think also, Chara's, I mean... Every time someone's given him like a little stick tap or anything, Chara's been mean. Oh, yeah. He's not lost that step. I mean, there was one point where he took uh, Matthew's helmet off in the corner and gave him a couple of good extra whacks to let him know he was there. Um, I mean, that on Muslim last night. He's done it a few times in the corners with... Picked up Mitch Marner at one point, dumped <laughs> him on the floor, so that was good to see. Um yeah, I just think those guys, like Wagner, I like to see out there, but I'd love to see him on that fourth line, especially with Corelli back. But um, it is what it is. I think Wagner probably is hurt. That probably is the reason he's not out there, or he's not 100% at least. But um, yeah, I think Bacchus is just not trustworthy in this situation for the skills that he brings to the table. And I just think that, it's, it's more of a, who they're playing, right? You know, it's the Leafs. He just shouldn't be playing. Plain and simple. Right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. We'll talk about Sharon Corrali and his uh, um, obviously ways of winning games with his tenacious forecheck. We'll be right back. Passion. Talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Ben Bishop. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Andy Green. And Ryan Miller were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! So Sean Corelli back in the lineup, um, and and I think his first game was just a, a maybe a little nerves of getting back in there, um, but progressively got better into the game as he got more and more 
uh, minutes. And then the second game he came back, he was just, just full out, I believe, um, ready to go and, and um, ready to battle. So uh, what are your thoughts on him coming back? Uh, I think he was the key guy that they needed back to be that. Like, he's been a great penalty killer since he's come back as well. And that gives Bergeron less time on the ice, more time on the power play. I mean, I think Corelli even skated with the third line for, like, half of the game last night, I think. There were times that he was out there with the third line. Um, Yeah, I... I think he's a key guy and he's definitely one of the coaches guys, the guys that he trusts. And I mean, you put him out there with what I think it was 20 <laughs> seconds ago yesterday. You don't want him to get a goal when he's one of the guys that's out there. So shows how much trust Cassidy has in him. I think it's a huge understatement, him not being in the lineup and the, the difference of this team. Um, his forecheck alone is just, and his, his own entry has just been a, a uh, a refreshing sight, to say the least, for me, to watch games and be like, oh, my God, they can actually break into the other zone. Like, it's about time. Because before that, they were just having so much trouble, unless it was the Bergeron line, and the Leafs knew it. So the Leafs only had to go after the one line. Coyle's been playing great, but Coyle's, Coyle's biggest asset, in my opinion, is, is, is work in the corner and his puck control. But Corrali's one of those guys that can break into the zone and then cause a forecheck on the back. It's just he just does it so well. It's, I think it's, I it's I think fantastic. both I think both uh, Corrali and um, um, Coyle, they both have uh, great abilities to get to the net. Also, you know what I mean uh, to complement what you meant on the, uh, the the boards and so on with with uh, the Coyle. I can't so remember. You're gonna say it live about Coyle because I was definitely wrong on on Grizz this year. I'm gonna to have to say you were wrong, bro. Yeah, no, I'm I'm absolutely wrong. I'm and I'm a man to admit pleasantly, that. Pleasantly wrong. There's a difference. Yeah, I'm not gonna be a dick about being wrong and and go out and get all this analytics about why Coil sucks. It's just <laughs> I still go back just to the decision making. I get that he plays a role. My thing was I wanted to get scoring, and that scoring was not addressed. But he's but, been scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. All, but that's all I need. I don't right. care what he does in the regular season. I'm not going to lie. Right. Yeah. If this playoffs has taught us <clears throat> anything, it doesn't matter where you place because if the Bruins win, they are the number one seed in the playoffs. Number one. And the only other number, then, then Washington would be number two if they beat Carolina because other than that, it's all underdogs that have won. Yeah. And I sure. still, this year's Toronto, Toronto Boston. There is no underdog to me. It's flip. I said it since the beginning. I thought Leafs in six, and now it's going seven. So maybe, maybe it's Bruins in seven. I don't know. It's well, a flip of a coin, right? Absolutely. There's a history there in the back of every single player's mind on that Toronto Maple Leafs team, even the ones that weren't there at the time. Game seven, it's Boston. No matter if you've got a lead, you're gonna be scared. The thing is, the Bruins don't have that. They're going to be scared. It's game seven, but they don't have that in the back of their head. Not like playing Philly and being up three games to nothing. You don't have to worry about that. But the Leafs are going to be scared all night. Whether they've got <sighs> two goal, three goal lead, they're going to panic. I still think Jake Muzzin is the difference. I can't believe I'm saying it, but 
Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's been phenomenal, and he is not scared of anybody. Yeah, I am relatively sad that the Bruins didn't go after a guy like Muzzin. Well, they didn't need him though. That's the thing. Like Bruins defense yeah. didn't need him; it's the Leafs defense that did. No, but now, like going down. Okay, the stretch, but who would have saw the injuries? Yeah, but at the same time, like who's out right now? Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one knew that was, but you didn't know that was going to happen. You got John Moore, who was the reason John Moore is here, people, is for this reason only right now. He's playing right now. There's why, there's why the Bruins got John Moore. Everybody was mad about it. Don't be mad anymore. Yeah. And did anybody see how John Moore covered for a defensive collapse last night? He actually played a good, it was probably his best game I've ever seen him with play, Bruins. Yeah. I have to agree with that. And I think he's, I had to think he's been absolutely, uh, their loss. The other night, I was like, wow, John Moore needs to get off the ice. He was so bad. Yeah. But tonight, like the other game, Yesterday. he was trying to skate the puck out and trying to make that, that pass. It was either the pass or he was skating the puck himself. Last night, there was a couple of times where he went to fly the zone. So or afternoon for our listeners. Not everybody lives in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> well, three, three o'clock start was not last night. Well, I'm very sorry that you have convenient viewing time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, don't be sorry, because I'm... Well, well, it sucks uh, to be you, man. That's sorry. all. That was my impression of Canadians, by the way. Oh, because I was... Oh, apologize. boy. Now we got... Don't mis- worry, we say... We got missiles flying everywhere now. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, awesome. There were a couple of times where he tried to skate out of the zone or make the pass, realized it was blocked up. And it was actually him that was skating back into his own zone, slowing down the play, letting guys come back. And that's- but that's also like what Carlo's been doing and what Corrali has done in his two games, yeah. is the not making stupid passes. Like if we – I don't know what it is, and I'm sure we've all noticed it, and Grizz and, uh, and, and Krug, this skating in front of the net with the puck thing, it's, it's, got, yeah. it's got to stop. Yeah. The pass like, in front Jesus. of the net. The pass, yes. Stop Grizz that. passed it to John Moore. John Moore was like – in the blue paint, I was like, no, it takes one bad, like, bounce. And it <laughs> goes off his leg into the net. No. Yeah. And then Chara with that, that pass up to the far blue line. What are you doing? Like, he passed it through six maple leaves. <laughs> and just one of them snatched it and went, okay, back the other way. Three on two. Like, stop with the stupid passes. That that's my problem. They just can't break it out of the zone. I don't that's think any of us like stupid really passes. No. Um, what about uh, ugh, Freddie Anderson? What do the Bruins need to do to get this guy to expose himself a little bit more? I, I and get it's possible, is it? Yeah, I mean he's the horseshoe out of his ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's really good. Oh, Let's yeah. just say it. Oh. He's the only reason the Leafs are still in this series. Yeah. If any Leaf fan thinks – like John Tavares, as much as he hasn't scored, I, I said it to Mark before the show, um, I think he's actually played a good playoff. He's, he's, he's changed his role, right? Marner's been invisible since, what, game three? He hasn't, you haven't really seen him. Um, Matthews he, suddenly wakes, woken up. Yeah, I told you that would be a bad thing. I know. Um, it's just – I don't know, man. Freddie Anderson, damn, he's good. Like, the good thing is Marner hasn't been as scary as I thought it'd be. The one guy who scares the hell out of me and has been amazing in this series and no one talks about him is Connor Brown. 
to the Maple Leafs. Well, he's a ginger. No one wants to talk about gingers. <laughs> yeah, but Connor Brown has been the scariest guy on the ice because, I mean, he's laying people out and he's not a big guy. He's stripping the puck off everyone in the zone. Um, he, he scares the hell out of me. Uh, but Frederick Anderson, that guy looks like he wants to win the Cup. Like, out of all the Maple Leafs, that guy has the intensi- intensity in his look where he's like, I'm going to do anything it takes to win. All right, we talked about Brandon Carlo a little bit too much. I'll take that one out. He has been playing very well. Um, but some, some questions that we got. Uh, this is from Greg, Greg Akers, new teammate at Black and Gold. Um, how do the Bruins handle Matthews and keep Marner in check for 60 minutes? I'll let the uh, Toronto City boys. Oh, wow, I, I live in the uh, the outskirts now, and oh, well, in northern Those are called area. suburbs. You know, not even <laughs> suburbs. I'm in cottage country now, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I think that's one thing that plays the Bruins' advantage in this game um, that they can actually withhold Matthews, hopefully up the score sheet by putting the Bergeron line against them. If you notice in game, I think it was game one, they had Bergeron line. Against Tavares, and, and he was okay with that matchup. And then he, he changed it, right? So now he has the Krejci line against um, Tavares. Uh, I mean, yeah, Krejci line against Tavares, and he has, his matchup is Matthews. So, I don't know. I like it. Is, is, is that wrong for me to say that I, 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 I think that plays to our advantage? But I'm still – I said to Mark, I'm so scared about this game. Like, I don't even – can't even – this series just can't get a, a beat on it. Yeah. I mean, people... But Bergeron is the key to stopping Matthews. He always yeah. has been. He always yep. will be. Um, there's no other secret to stop Austin Matthews except Patrice Bergeron. And he's a really good, you know, he's, he's, he's wicked. Wicked good. In game five, um, the two goals from Matthews were, like, the only two clear-cut chances Matthews got and he scored. Um, and people were calling the Bruins out about that, saying Matthews had too many chances that game. He had like two, maybe three. People were calling Tuka too, too after, many. <laughs> that, that goal last night that Matthews scored, I, I saw people say Tuka should have, would like to have that back. I'm like, oh, last time I checked, that's Austin fucking Matthews. Like, oh, <laughs> twice now. Oh it's my tweet. god. It's the playoffs. It's the playoffs, Karis. <laughs> okay, it's allowed. It's allowed. All right, we'll allow playoffs. Right? We're allowing it. It's like we're no. We're not calling it. <laughs> Don't worry. Like, it just makes no sense to me. It's like, do you, do you guys not see how good Austin Matthews is? He can score goals like that. When other guys can, Austin Matthews can. Yeah. I think people, although they talk about him as an elite player, I think they forget how good he really is. Like, generational talent. It's only because Conor McDavid came around so, like, just before him that I think he's more underrated than he is. He's an amazing player. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Marner's better. And I hope I they pay Marner, Marner better. We we all want Marner to be better so they, they screw their salary cap up, right? Well yeah. yeah. Marner looks better as well because he's a winger and he doesn't have as much to do as Matthews. I think Matthews is a bit more defensively responsible than Marner is. He well, has been this series. That's one of the things they've been highlighting. They they can't believe how well he's played defensively, and neither can yeah. I, to be honest. Well, I'm not surprised. If you've got Bergeron as your, your like, minder on the ice, like, you've got to be scared. Because that first line has been the best line in hockey 
all season long. Um, speaking of scared, is anybody nervous about Bergeron's minutes depleting a little bit, or is that just um, good management? Uh, I'm scared. Is he, do you I guys know. think he's injured? No. Well, I think you can always assume he's injured, right? Oh, I know. I know. I hate saying that because it's the playoffs, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, June 16th, 17th, when this is all over, it comes out that he's got a uh, you know, busted rib and a bruised lung, and he's well, didn't we think he was leg. injured? Didn't we think he was injured near the end of the season, and we were actually shocked that he didn't sit both games like Marshan did? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so weird with this guy. I mean, it's just like God. I just I get I give him so much credit for his heart and everything, and what he's gone through, and but more or less, what he's done for the city and, and this team is just it continues to fathom me, really. But I think he's fine. I think it's more if they're open again, they're going to rest him in case they need him. Like especially penalty kills wise, like with the penalties we've been taking at key times. Um, but if anyone's going to be injured, it's David Krejci because he's not a morning practice. But oh no no he's maintenance day maintenance day like the, the like Bruce Cassidy that was the quickest response of yeah seen from the team. Eh? Oh, he must know he must know social media. Like Bruce comes right out right away like while they're still on the ice. Hey, oh it's maintenance day like stop being idiots. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I didn't see that. I You're in that. the UK. We we allow this. But don't bring up the fact that what? It's yeah, well, you don't have the coverage. Here. It's just the coverage. That's all. Think, I'm think I'm about it. Country. I know. I, well, first country. off, you're not in a Capri, Capri Crunchy at all. Capri Crunchy. <laughs> you Brex hasn't happened yet. Like you're good right now. Not oh, yet. Shit. Thanks. Yeah, oh, right now you're right now oh, you're good. God. Like waiting on the edge of Thunderdome, not quite there. Seriously, eh? Like, wow, we could all get in this political talk here, but Jesus, oh it's gonna suck God. for Rob real soon. God, I can hear Tina Turner singing a song right now. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I can hear Donald Trump singing a song. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> don't even go there. This is not a political podcast. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Um, okay. I agree with you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Kiss my butt. One listener. all right this this is from jack mccarthy he's a new black and gold writer from the um country of australia um what will be the key to the bruins winning game seven also do you think do you keep the same lineup as game six thanks jack yes Um, yeah i think they keep the same lineup the only guy that I could see coming in is Wagner. I don't think yeah, he wasn't. He, they didn't. He was. Was he on the practice? I, I didn't look. I was. I, uh, I have it right now. It's. It's. My, uh, my daughter was. My daughter was being a uh, a three year old today. So <laughs> as of uh, probably about an hour and forty five minutes ago, the Marshan Bergeron Heinen is the first line at practice, which it should be. Yep. Wow. Wait a minute. Wagner oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Crazy. Remember. Yeah, yeah. So Wagner's in there for the, for that, and then Johansson, Coyle, Kuhlman, slash Bacchus, Nordstrom, Corrali, Achari. Like I love Wagner, but can we all admit he's been absolutely horseshit the whole playoff? Yeah, he brings the he's body though. The, he's played the body. He I'm just explicit all over the place. I just can't stop swearing. Yeah. <laughs> he has. He just. I give uh, up. He hasn't had the scoring chances. He's been terrible. Playoffs like he has in the regular season. Um, and I think it's because Corrali's not been there and that fourth line struggles. So 
Wow. Yeah. It sucks. It's just bad timing for him, man, because he's yeah. just been horseshit. All right, and to the, the, the very last one that I have, um, I don't know if anybody else wants to bring something up, but um, leaders being called out in private meetings, um, I mean, this is, it's good that this is happening, that they're doing it internally and so on. I believe that the coaches were not involved. I think it was Correct. just the, the players. Players that, only meeting. Yep. And I, can, I can tell everybody that um, there was uh, – a lot of things happened after the loss. Like everything changed from what the schedule was going to be um, to like you know, no communication between family and people. Like it was just like they got cut off. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And like Jimmy Murphy says, as reported on Saturday night, forward Sean Corrali confirmed to him that between game five and six, um, the leadership core was called out meeting to deliver the necessary message for bees to get back on track. Like, their first game in Toronto, everything got changed. Like, they landed on the Sunday, and they had a team dinner. They had Then they had a coach's meet. Like, I just, there's a lot of things that changed from what it was supposed to be while this, you know. I was supposed to go to games. I couldn't, I couldn't go to one game because I couldn't get a sitter. But uh, I did not get offered tickets like I thought I was going to be offered. They just didn't happen anymore. I know. What was me? I know. I know. What was me? <laughs> it, was, it was probably just like. Bergeron and Krejci outside the door and like one by one they filter guys into a room and when you walk in it's just Chara topless with his fist taped up. That sounds terrible. Yeah, really? Fight club. <laughs> Fight club. Chara <laughs> pounding people's faces in one by one. No passengers. Get off the train. Nice. No, I think that was obviously the right thing to do and it's happened all season long. I mean, players are taking it into their own hands to find out what needs to happen. I mean, look at Bacchus. Took it into his own hands, went and talked to Cassidy, um, and they worked it out. Like, that's exactly the same thing as now. They need to know what it is they need to do and figure it out themselves. I think the thing about Bacchus is he's only good. He's, like, really good to go into a game after he's sat a bit, but then never, don't put him back in. Yeah. So every other. Game. Every other game. But only you got to sit him. Like, he's, he's, gotta, he's that leadership guy that goes back in the lineup, you know, shows does some hits out there, and everybody's like, yeah, rah, 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 Bacchus. <laughs> but then and after a while, it's like, oh, God. He's just so slow. Oh, it's for, like, four days and then send him out on the ice. Everyone he's looks so like slow. a piece of ham. Uh. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, that's it for me. So if anybody else has anything to touch on, we will bid you adieu and um, get back together probably over the weekend coming up. Uh, we hope that the Bruins uh, do well in game seven. Um, it's going to be a very uh, – <laughs> I'm on vacation, so I'm going to have plenty of alcohol in me. So it uh, should ease the pain if anything happens. But regardless, we will be back uh, to either continue to talk about playoffs or we will be back to either talk about the end of the year and and say goodbye for another uh, successful hockey season. And hopefully that doesn't happen. So um, with that, thank you, uh, Rob. Thank you, Court, very much for your time today and, and the whole rescheduling. Really appreciate that teamwork. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm, getting, I'm just getting attacked here. <laughs> <laughs>
It's like, <laughs> I, I, I get, I gotta give you credit, Coy. Gaming while talking on a podcast is like, I, I just, I didn't think you could multitask. I'm not, I'm just, I'm playing Division 2 and I'm not against the boss here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you for listening. Go Bruins. We can do this. Um, take care, everybody, and talk soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at courtlalonde, and at rob40bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.